Hey, up, Sassnacks, it's Chelsea back for another episode of the Sassnack Files. This week, I am breaking down the official Season 7 trailer, but before we get to that, I want to take a moment to remind you that you can find the Sassnack Files on all sorts of listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, if you have not had a chance yet, make sure you head over to follow the Sassnack Files on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon to make sure you are getting the latest and greatest news concerning Outlander seasons 7 and 8, as well as the prequel, Blood of My Blood, the second season of Men in Kilts, and anything Diana Gabaldon cooks up. And with all of that out of the way, let's get into my analysis of the season 7 official trailer. It's here, guys. We have waited and waited and waited, but we are finally coming up on the seventh season of Outlander, part one, but still the seventh season of Outlander. As I'm recording this, we're about five weeks away from the premiere on June 16th, and this week we finally got the trailer. So I'm not sure what was going on, why they didn't release it. My best guess is that they didn't want the release of the trailer to interfere with Sam's promotion of Love Again, which was fantastic. And if you guys have not seen it, I highly recommend. I did my knee-jerk reaction on Patreon, which you can go and check out at the regulator tier or higher. And I highly encourage you to do so. Lots of fun stuff going on on Patreon. But nevertheless... We are here on the Sassnack Files today to chat about the official trailer. It's two minutes and 21 seconds of pure Outlander goodness. I think it is the best trailer we've ever had for the series. I actually went back and watched the previous trailers to kind of get an idea of what to expect and how far into the season plot-wise we would be going with this trailer, and it did not disappoint. I think it goes through about the halfway of the season. Man, it's action-packed. If this is any indication of what we are in for with the season, we're not going to be able to catch our breath for 16 episodes. It is going to be absolutely bonkers, and I am here for it on so many different levels, guys. It really all starts at the beginning, so I'm going to talk about some initial impressions, and then I'm going to play the trailer in slow motion for myself so that I can react and pick apart things as I podcast to you guys. I've watched this trailer about 10 times now. And new things stick out to me every time I watch it, but I have not watched it in slow motion yet. My first impression, just general, what I can say about it without having dived deep into the content in slow motion, the music is 100% what stands out to me. I'm a musical person. I sing. I sang for a long time, not professionally, but competitively. And so music always stands out to me. It always has. And Bear McCreary is just a magician, which is part of the draw for me to Outlander, I guess. I never know what he's going to do. There are always new sounds in the season. I don't know if he composed this 
score for the trailer, but something tells me that he did at least part of it. He could have partnered with somebody on it, but Cat singing at the very beginning of this trailer makes me think that this music is at least blended with some of his composition for the show for this season. Right from the get-go, when the very first scene pops up of the trailer, you can hear very faintly in the background these bagpipes droning. That really caught my attention because multiple people that I have spoken to about this trailer... Their number one comment, the most common one that I get, is this feels like Outlander. There's something about the urgency, the state of war, the high stakes tension that is going on. It really does feel like the past few seasons of Outlander have just been ramping up and preparing us for this moment. I think that that is 100% what we get in this trailer. We're seeing all kinds of little threads that have been left dangling over the course of the past season come to fruition. We've got Jamie and Tom Christie standing on the porch in Wilmington, which kind of signals what's going to go on with Claire after where we left her at the end of season six. We've got the burning of the big house, which is something that has kind of been just touched on here and there very randomly from season four. So we're going to get the conclusion of that. And of course, we are smack dab in the middle of the revolution this time around, which is something that they have teased since season five. So I think a lot of that slow burn type thing that show watchers in particular are getting that vibe on this is going to be the payoff for their patience, I guess. And so I can't wait to see it. I can't wait for you guys to see it, especially if you have not read the books and you don't know what you're in for, because I think this is going to be a fantastic season. This trailer and all of the promotional material that we have gotten over the course of the past couple of weeks really just confirms that in my mind, that they worked really hard on this, and it gives me a sense of comfort knowing Sam and Kat are executive producers on this season. They were producers for seasons five and six, but they have executive producer titles now, which I think gives them a lot more creative sway over their characters and kind of the continuity of that, especially in the scripts. And I think that's going to be really key because we have so many new writers in the writer's room this year. Tony Graffia, she's kind of a veteran. She did two episodes and then she got a co-writer credit on the season seven finale. And then we've got some some regulars that we've come to recognize their names over the course of the past little bit. We've got Luke Skelhaus, Danielle Barrow, different names. But for the most part, these writers are brand new to the series this season. And I think it is critical to kind of have that steady hand on the tiller. Matt Roberts only has a co-writer credit and that's on the season seven finale. He didn't write any episodes by himself, which is a tad concerning, I think. But like I said, I trust in the process. I trust that Matt was definitely in the writer's room and looked over all the scripts as well as having Sam and Kat on set every day, moderating what was going on, helping them make these critical choices with their characters. I think we're in for a fantastic season. With all of that being said, we have a critical moment from the book with Claire 
singing as they progress to the cemetery for Mrs. Bug's funeral. And this is the moment that they chose to voice over the first bit of this trailer, this haunting melody of Ave Maria with the drone of the bagpipes. I don't know, guys. It just feels so foreboding. Like the tension. I just get goosebumps when I hear it. And I thought that was the perfect way to start off the trailer. From here, I think we're going to just go with my step-by-step, play it in slow motion analysis and talk about things as they go because I feel like this is the best way to do it. I hosted a little Zoom with some of my friends and listeners from the Sassnack Files on my private group, TSF of Sassnacks, the other night. And Lara actually pointed out that there are like 65 different frames of footage. She broke it down. She is dedicated. So I thank Laura for that because that information, I think, really says a lot about what we are in for with this season. Just take a deep breath before we start because it's going to be one heck of a roller coaster. Starting this trailer out with the line from Claire, you'll come back to me, you always do, really signifies a difference in Jamie and Claire's relationship. They have been separated, pulled apart so many times that you really just do have a confidence at this point as a viewer that they're always going to reunite. And I think That is something that is super impressive about this trailer, that it really feels like a movie or a story. It's very epic in how it's telling the tale of what's going to happen this season. You even have a book end moment within the trailer where she says, you'll come back to me, you always do. And that at the end, that haunting echo, almost like Jamie is hearing it as he's teetering on the brink of death of, you'll come back to me, you always do. And all the stuff that happens in between those bookends is just nuts. And I think that very well signifies the story that we're going to go on in this first eight episodes. Like I said, I think this trailer shows nothing beyond part A of this two-part season. I think it goes all the way from Claire being rescued in Wilmington all the way up to the Battle of Saratoga and the immediate aftermath of that is what this trailer covers. This scene that Jamie and Claire have at the very beginning, the first scene, it's at dusk in the woods. It's such a touching moment. There are a few actors in this series that I will brag about for days. You guys know that about me. Sam Hewen is absolutely one of them. He is the best I have ever seen, I think, at the minute change of facial features to tell emotions. He's not so much about the grand gestures. He can do those. Absolutely. He's fantastic with action sequences and showing big emotion. But he's also a master of showing big emotion in small ways. And I think that this scene is the epitome of that. We see this twitch in his face, this sad smile, these big wide eyes that are showing the fear he's feeling in that moment. I think that this scene is going to be where they part at Ticonderoga before when Claire decides to stay with the military and take care of the sick and injured and Jamie can't stay. Jamie and Ian have to leave or they'll be taken as prisoners of war. I think that's what this is. Jamie's genuinely concerned that something will happen to Claire before he can make it back to her. What a heck of a scene to open up on for sure. 
somebody pointed out to me that this scene we get of the battlefield as stars flashes on the screen could potentially be the mother and son duo there in the background that attempt to kill Jamie. And I think that that is probably a fantastic assumption. I think it was Joan that said that to me, Joan Cohen. But I think that is probably fairly accurate. Uh, This is definitely the, well, I wouldn't say definitely. This is likely the aftermath at Saratoga, but there are a couple of skirmishes that could easily be something that William encounters in his storyline. I'm very curious to see how much we're going to cover from his perspective, because I think that's going to be very telling on my take on a lot of this stuff that's in the trailer. And I think it would be interesting, and maybe I'll do this after the season is over, to kind of go back and look at the trailer after we see the season and see how they put things together, like kind of reverse engineer it. The second shot of this trailer is a war zone. So that immediately really plays into the revolution. From here, we get Mrs. Bug's funeral. There are some very touching images. We have Claire singing. Notice the people that are in attendance here. So you've got what looks like Jamie's Ardsmere men, the Lindsay's and Ronnie Sinclair holding the casket. And then Jamie is on the far side. You can kind of catch a glimpse of him in his kilt, his finest. And then you've got Archbug following the coffin, very disheveled looking. That really tells us kind of what we already knew, but just pointing out that we really are going to get the Archbug storyline. I'm not really sure how that's going to look. I hope that in the first couple of episodes, we get a sense of foreboding with them, that they really kind of build up the bugs and their involvement with the Frasers, because otherwise, I think that's a storyline that's kind of going to fall flat. It's not something that a lot of people are going to be like, oh yeah, I totally get it. Like this guy, if you watch him walk across, he's not really in the best of health. Like he's not spry. So that's interesting to me, but they're definitely going to include the death of Mrs. Bug. Notably, who's not in attendance here unless he's on the other side of the coffin behind one of these guys. Ian, where's Ian? He's not here. He definitely was there in the books. So that is interesting to me. You've got Hiram Crombie there in the background. You've got Lizzie, who is notably not pregnant unless they reverse the order of this and she's not showing her baby bump yet. We did get some official images earlier on in the week from Entertainment Weekly's summer preview and Lizzie was so voluminously pregnant there that there were no questions and she doesn't look anything like that. The thing about that image, it was all the younger generation of the Frasers. It was Lizzie Ian, Roger, and Bree, and then Claire standing there on the back porch of the big house. So we know that she gives birth sometime before the burning of the big house because of this whole image of Mrs. Bug's funeral. And Lizzie is definitely not as pregnant as she was in that picture. So unless something is drastically changed in the plot, that's kind of what we're looking at for this. Jamie saying, I'm not as brave as I was before you can. That scene is probably one of my favorites from the book. I believe it is in A Breath of Snow and Ashes. We actually got two trailers. We got like a little promo 
thing, like an alternative trailer. It was very short. I think it was like 30 seconds. And then we got this big honking two and a half minute trailer. The promotional material that we're starting to get is very interesting because it kind of extends on some of these scenes. And the promotional material that I'm talking about extended on that line of I'm not as brave as I once was you can and then where it continues not brave enough to live without you anymore that whole scene in the books is when Jamie gives Claire the gemstone to say that he wants her to go back if something happens to him it's a very touching scene like it's Jamie really trying to be brave and I think we see that repeatedly in this trailer it's something that they really lean into And that's something that whenever they released the Entertainment Weekly article for the summer preview, Kat and Matt and Meryl were all talking about how Claire is in a better place in this season than she was last time mentally, but she's desperately worried about Jamie throughout the revolution. And... Jamie's doing what he has to do as a soldier. We see that in some other promotional material that we get with another scene from the book. But he's not a young man anymore. He knows full well what he's risking. His life is teetering on the brink of this massive decision, and he has made the choice to fight for the American cause. So I love this this slow move forward that kind of as we get farther into the trailer just picks up pace and the drums really start to beat faster and louder and are more insistent and drive the plot forward on this trailer. So we're getting the burning of the big house here in this scene. You know, we knew how tragic it was going to be watching this house burn, but I just am so sad looking at this. I mean, this one shot that we get of the flames eating at the wallpaper and kind of ashes flying through the flames is their bedroom, their safe space. And that is really just so horrible for me to watch. I am a big fan of how this shot pans through the flames and kind of fades into a shot looking out the window at Jamie whose face is covered in ash and he's looking up at his house just watching it burn. It's so sad. But I really think that this actually works as a very good opening few episodes for season seven because it shows the catalyst for pushing Jamie and Claire off of the ridge and into the revolution. So as we get that line, not brave enough to live without you anymore, we see Jamie standing on the porch in Wilmington, it looks like they're on the on the porch of the Red Falcon Inn, and behind him is Tom Christie. I love this imagery because when we left Claire and Jamie at the end of season six, Jamie had been accosted and subdued, and they were going to force him onto a ship back to Scotland while Claire faced trial and execution for the murder of Malva Christie. Tom elected to go with Claire rather than to go to Jamie as Claire was urging him to do because Tom knows that Jamie can take care of himself. He has known Jamie for a long time. And also, spoiler alert, Tom is in love with Claire. He vowed 
he would watch out for her, and he does. He has been lingering, watching, and waiting, and now Jamie shows up. I'm wondering if this is not their first scene together where Jamie finds Tom. I think that we are likely to see the scene that was only alluded to in the books about uh, Tom's feelings for Claire. I don't know if Jamie will point it out or not. I think that seems a little bit in your face, so maybe not. But we're going to get some sort of Jamie-Tom interaction based off of this scene, which is very interesting to me. We get this beautiful shot that we've seen in several different versions of the promotional material of Jamie and Claire riding across the field together. Interestingly enough, wearing their same clothing that they wear in this scene coming up where they're talking about leaving the ridge. So that tells me that's where this comes in when they're kind of coming off the mountains down into the revolution, as it were. We're kind of leading into it. And this is one of those scenes that is particularly eye-catching to me because it really is reminiscent of that season one shot of Jamie and Claire riding on the same horse, galloping through Glencoe. Just the expanse and the greenery and them riding on their horses really harkens back to OG Outlander, in my opinion. We will make it back here one day, won't we? That's such a sad line from Claire. I'm thinking this is where we're going to see her goodbye with Adzo and all of that. It's a gorgeous moment for Jamie and Claire. I really hope that they leave it intact as it was in the books because this is kind of where we get the callback to Claire seeing Jamie praying. He says, Lord, let me be enough. I love that kind of dynamic between Jamie and Claire, because even after all of this time, there's still that uncertainty there. Claire no longer has the home that Jamie built for her, and he desperately wants to be enough for her. After all this time, he's still afraid that he's not enough. Claire is obviously devastated by what's going on with the burning of the big house and having to leave the ridge. So to kind of get that allusion to this scene really pulls at my heartstrings and makes me so anxious to see all of that play out. They're clearly getting ready to leave. They're both in their riding coats. And yeah, I'm ready for it. Proud mom moment here as we're moving forward into the trailer and we see Sam and John on their horses galloping across this field. Like that takes some talent, okay? You have to be pretty decent horsemen to be able to do something like that. And not a lot of actors could. You're talking about something that as a general rule, they would just put a stuntman on it and let it go. But this is very obviously Sam and John. And I'm pretty sure that this is when they are riding to Wilmington for Claire. I'm not sure what happened to their Native American friends, but they're in the same outfits that they were wearing for the beach rescue and on their horses. And I'm pretty sure that that's what's happening in this scene. There's a gorgeous shot just before this that as a creative person and a person that loves these beautiful images where they're crossing the stream and the water is splashing up across the horse's flanks and it's in slow motion. Oh man, that was such a gorgeous shot. So here there's a voiceover of what sounds like a young British girl saying there's unrest in the streets if you haven't noticed. I have a working theory on this that 
this might be Jane. We know she's been cast. We kind of got that leaked a couple weeks ago now. And I do wonder, we're looking at the British camp as this is being said, and we're also watching who I'm strongly assuming and feel very confident in saying is William ripping the Declaration of Independence notice off of the post. So I think that that is very much pulling his storyline into this trailer. We're also getting a shot of Jamie and Claire marching with what looks like militia. They're in plain clothes, no uniforms yet, but they've all got their rifles and they're marching. And so I think that's really probably what we're looking at. That's probably taking place either around Morris Creek Bridge, if we do get that, or it's taking place between them leaving the ridge and arriving in Ticonderoga. So now we see Bree standing on the porch of the dry goods store in Wilmington, and she's got a basket in her hand, and she's got this complete and utter look of shock on her face that tells me she has just caught sight of her brother and Lord John in the streets of Wilmington. I think this is the beginning of this scene and I am so freaking excited for it. So excited. Now we're heading into a voiceover of a man with kind of a transatlantic accent, not quite American, but not quite British, if you get my drift. He's saying Washington desperately needs men up at Fort Ticonderoga. So I see this as having the potential to be two different men, depending on how we want to sway it, Um, because I'm not recalling anything particularly from the books about this, because they kind of just happen upon Ticonderoga after the whole um, encounter with the Pirates on the High Seas adventure part of Echo that I'm hoping to God they cut out because that really just seemed very long and drawn out to me. I think this is likely either Benedict Arnold, if he has an extended part in the show, which I think he likely will, or it could possibly be Daniel Morgan. Although for Dan Morgan, I really expect to get more of a Southern Mountains accent from him, but you never know, I guess. I I tend to think that it's Benedict Arnold saying that. So as they're talking about Fort Ticonderoga, we see Ian riding up through the gates of some sort of fort. And then we get our first good shot at this fort or whatever you want to call it. I have a pretty big problem with this. I think this was one of my biggest issues with the trailer. So I'm going to talk about my little pet peeve for a minute, get up on my soapbox, and then I promise I won't talk about it again until I do my show analysis. If This structure with the wooden walls is indeed what they are implying is Fort Ticonderoga. It is so historically inaccurate that it literally makes me cringe. This is not what Fort Ticonderoga looks like. Fort Ticonderoga is a stone fortress, okay? (laughs) And, you know, I think what makes me so bitter about this is that they're filming in Scotland where they have tons and tons and tons of castles and forts that actually could pass for Fort Ticonderoga, but instead they're going to use this? Like, this is not what Fort Ticonderoga looks like, guys. This is tiny and flimsy compared to Fort Ticonderoga. So I'm really hoping it's not and that they're using another outpost frame 
while they're talking about Fort Ticonderoga because it was more expansive and it had the American flag and all the regulars on the ramparts. And it was just very cinematic. I'm hoping to God that is what's happening, but I just have the worst feeling we're looking at what the show is implying is Fort Ticonderoga. All right, I'm moving off of it. (laughs) We'll move on. So now we get an interesting little turn in what the trailer's telling us about this story. We get Ian sitting at a desk saying, I love this land and I want to fight for it. And then we get like a fade to the credits scene that I was convinced was not Ian and Rachel. That is 100% most certainly Ian and Rachel. (laughs) So I'll admit I was wrong on that front. We're getting a lot of allusions to the Ian and Rachel relationship that is building, even though we really don't know Rachel that well at this point. We can see these little looks that are getting shared, these sweet touches, and we're really starting to understand the differences in where Ian's at and where Jamie's at when we're considering the American Revolution, because Jamie is fighting for his family and for their future. Ian is fighting for the new country that will emerge out of this revolution. He's fighting for the land and its people. And I feel like those are two very different, but also two very realistic ideals when we're going into the American Revolution and we're talking about people's motivations. So here's an interesting shot. We get a dramatic drum roll and then it pans to Jamie standing in the middle of a camp looking at Claire. He looks very anxious like he's been summoned to someone's tent and he's standing there. And if you look at his left hand, he has a leather brace on his hand. I'm not really sure what this means for us for a couple different reasons. There's a scene in the book when Claire goes to amputate Jamie's finger. He kind of quotes the Bible, and I can't remember exactly what the quote is. It basically leads him to say that, you know, if the loss of my finger meant saving the lives of several good men, he'll consider it well lost. It has been some things kind of leaked, I guess, where the man that I guess does the Portuguese voiceover for the show in Brazil leaked some of the dialogue for that episode and said that that dialogue is actually in there. That leads me to believe that he will lose his finger. We see this brace a couple of different times over the course of the promotional material that's been given to us over the past couple of days. I'm wondering if Jamie's not going to start having trouble with his hand and his fingers because he is getting older. I mean, he's in his mid 50s at this point and, you know, 30 years after a traumatic injury like having nine bones in your hand broken, you're going to start to have some stiffness and some residual aches and pains and stuff. So I'm wondering if we're not going to start seeing that aches and pains and stiffness going on so that that's why he's wearing the brace. And then when we lead into Saratoga, he gets that injury and then he says, you know, 
I've been having issues with it anyway, so just take it off. That is kind of what I'm beginning to think is happening because the other time that we see that brace is when what I believe the preparation, like the march to Saratoga is taking place. It doesn't look like a post-battle shot and he is also wearing the brace. So that was kind of my thought on it. Let me know what you guys think in the comments for this post and stuff because I'm really interested to see what you guys have to say. From that shot, looking at Jamie, we pan over to Claire who is standing by the campfire looking concerned. Her hair has grown back out and she looks so fantastic in her canvas apron. This neckline that they have going on for her costumes this season is very interesting to me. It's just a a typical high-necked shirt, I guess, with the sleeves rolled up. It's a very interesting sage color, which we have yet to see, so that's pretty cool. We're led over to a voiceover from here where I'm 90% sure is actually a letter that Claire writes to Brie that goes in the box that Roger and Brie find in the 20th century. But it's, it's very interesting what the voiceover says. It says, I had hoped that Jamie would stay away from it, but maybe he's supposed to be there. Maybe he always was. I love the implications of this statement. It really is thought-provoking in Claire wondering and having musings on how much have I actually changed by my presence here in the past and how much of this is something that would have happened anyway and I'm just here to witness it. It is very interesting in my opinion, something that Claire would definitely put in a letter to her daughter, I feel like. Also, as we get the tail end of this voiceover, we start to see Jamie rowing a boat with some passengers. I think it's Claire in the bow. I think Rachel is one of the ladies. As we pan out, we see about 10 different boats crossing this body of water. And I'm fairly certain that this is when they are all fleeing Ticonderoga. My favorite scene of the promotional material so far, and it made the credits as well, is this beautiful silhouetted scene of sunrise with the drums playing with the lone drummer. It's all very gorgeous against this blue pre-dawn sky. Oh my god, it's William, guys! Oh, and he looks so handsome in his red coat and his tricorn. This scene I'm so excited to see for so many reasons. It was one of my giddy scenes that I read in the book, having Brie and William meet for the first time. But there's also an interesting dynamic now because Brie has known about William's existence for several months, if not a year or more at this point. She never thought she would see him. He doesn't know who she is, but she knows fine well who he is. And I love, if you look at John's face He's so proud of his son in this moment. Like, he just looks like a proud papa introducing him to Brie. This whole dynamic between John and Jamie and William was hinted at in that Entertainment Weekly article by Merrill as saying it's kind of like a love triangle between the three, the biological father, the adoptive father, and the son. 
So I'm very interested to see how this plays out. But it's so good to actually see William. There he is. It's so exciting. This line between Jamie and John, John tells Jamie, he says, you will not fight for the crown, even if for no other reason than to fight beside your son, is a very powerful, thought-provoking line. I love these one-two punches that this trailer keeps delivering of these critical moments in our characters' lives. That is a very to-the-point, direct question from John to Jamie. The last time that we saw these two characters together was in Give Me Liberty at the very end when John realizes that Jamie is a rebel. He thinks he was a fool, but he's also extremely worried for Jamie in this instance, because heretofore, the British army has never been defeated like they face defeat in the American Revolution. So it's a pretty safe assumption to say that they're going to win this war and that his friend is going to hang as a result. Not to mention what he's saying in this scene that William is fighting in this war on the side of the crown. So isn't that reason enough for you to change your mind? I'm really excited to see this scene, honestly, because it looks like this is a bit more of an expanded scene creatively. We're going to get a little bit more content here and dialogue between the characters than we got in the book. I think it was a very clipped and brief scene in the book, if I'm being honest, and I really just wanted more of that. I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, there's a cut here between John handing Jamie this drink and then Jamie's abashed look. I'm not sure if that's actually Jamie's reaction to John's question, but it definitely showcases Jamie's struggle here. I mean, he never wanted this. And the last thing that he wanted, in fact, was to face his son on a battlefield as we get here in a couple of seconds. We get this gorgeous cinematic shot of Jamie and Claire on top of this cliff and the mountains in the background. I don't know where this was shot, but boy, do I want to go. I think that this scene is near Ticonderoga. It would make sense because the mountains in the background are kind of how it looks at Ticonderoga with the Green Mountains. And we see a body of water in the background there on the other side of the cliff that they're standing on, which, again, would make sense for Ticonderoga because Ticonderoga is literally situated between two major bodies of water. That word literally translates to where the waters meet. That is literally the title of 706, which I believe is the Ticonderoga episode. So I'm betting that this frame that we're getting right here with them standing on the cliff with the mountains and the water in the background is likely from either 705 or 706. Jamie is saying here that he made a promise to himself that he would never face his son across the barrel of a gun. We get Shots of redcoats drilling, it looks like. I'm not sure if it's prior to battle or if they're just drilling, but it leads into Jamie in his rifleman's shirt and the rifle in his hand, and you can tell he's aiming it, and then the the barrel of the gun kind of moves off to the side, and I 
guarantee you this is Jamie catching sight of William on the battlefield at Saratoga. Jamie's one of their best marksmen, and he's actually with Daniel Morgan's regiment in the upcoming battle at Saratoga. I'm very excited to see this happening. A lot of people said that this was too much to show. This, I made a promise to myself that I would never face my son across the barrel of a gun, and then this shot of Jamie aiming a gun. They think that that gave away too much. I don't think it gave away too much because there is so much more that happens with all of this. Like it literally doesn't tell anybody anything unless you already know what's going to happen, I guess, is kind of where I'm at on that. Now we're hardcore getting into what I'm assuming is going to be a lot of the Battle of Saratoga. Lots of redcoats charging, continentals charging, Jamie yelling with me, which is right before the whole fiasco at the Great Redoubt. Holy smokes, like this is the stuff that I was kind of really surprised to see in the trailer, if I'm being honest. I didn't think that we would get as much of Saratoga. Guns flashing, Ian with his tomahawk slicing and dicing. He looks intense with his war paint. Yeah, he looks great. John Bell is so fantastic. And then we fade into this moment of Claire picking up this cavalry saber from the grass and pointing it at someone. We know as book readers what this is. This is her standing guard over Jamie's body trying to fend off these I don't even know what you would call them, scavengers. What an epic scene. I knew as soon as I read it that if they got this far in the series, this would for sure be in there because the creators of the show cannot resist a strong, fiery Claire moment. And this is the epitome of that. This is Claire, I am woman, watch me roar type thing. We have this gorgeous shot of Jamie. He's got the scar over his eyebrow, which tells me that this is after all of the stuff with the fire at the house, because later on in the trailer, we get a shot of Jamie kind of standing in the kitchen when all of the craziness is going on. And that is a fresh cut. It's bloody. So this, I believe, might be the scene where he is praying and saying, Lord, let me be enough. I think that might be what this is. Before the scene we got earlier in the trailer where Claire is saying, we will make it back here one day, won't we? I love that we get the voiceover of Jamie saying, blood of my blood, bone of my bone. And as he's saying it, we literally see all the people in his life that are his family. We get Roger and Bree and Claire and these tender moments between all of them. It's such a heartwarming moment and the drums become more and more prominent as we drive faster and faster towards what happens at the end and it all kind of slows down. John handing Jamie the sapphire and Claire asking Jamie, where did you get this? I don't think that this is really how it happens. It's definitely not how it happened in the book. Jamie needed the sapphire for Roger and Bree, but obviously they're not going to give away that Roger and Bree go back blatantly. I mean, there's definitely some stuff that suggests that as we near the end of the trailer. That, I think, is what this is for, and Jamie has a separate stone for Claire, which is what he gives her later. But this was a very beautiful shot that they had already shared in the promotional material, so I get that it made sense 
to kind of share that all with Claire's comment about where did you get this and Jamie saying, I've been saving it. If something happens to me, you can take it and go back. We get that gorgeous shot of Craig Nadoon with the fallen trees, which definitely gives you a a not so great feeling seeing all of that for sure for multiple reasons. It is kind of interesting to get this shot. Roger and Bree, they don't go back to Scotland like they go through at Ocracoke or they could go through at somewhere completely different. We got a glimpse of the stone circle that they'll go through while they were filming it, which was interesting, but definitely not this stone circle at Craig Nadoon. So interesting that they showed this. I absolutely adore this shot of Jamie and Claire kissing with the window behind them so that it really lights up their faces and the curls in Jamie's hair. They're glowing. It's so gorgeous. There are a few little sexy moments here in this trailer. Not to be a buzzkill, but I think they're all the same scene of Jamie and Claire. And it's all part of that scene that we got glimpses of in the credits in the teaser trailer, the scene where they're in the inn and they have that gorgeous backlit window with the buttercup yellow bedspread and everything's just so warm and alive. I really feel like each bit that we got in the trailer, because we get like three different shots of it or four different shots of it at different points. I think it's all the, the exact same scene. Later on, we get a scene of Jamie pulling Claire's stockings off, which absolutely love that, especially when you look at the season five Fiery Cross episode where Claire is trying to pull Jamie's boots off and they have that kind of lighthearted moment. Watching Jamie lovingly take Claire's stockings off harkens back to that moment of happiness, I feel like. This moment where Roger says, I'm so proud to call you family makes me want to cry because I feel like Roger's relationship with Jamie was so hard won that it's very bittersweet to have to watch them say goodbye, in my opinion. I mean, Roger's always been close to Claire, and I think that this family has a special bond, and watching them have to separate for the sake of Mandy It's something that they're all willing to make that sacrifice for, obviously, but it's heartbreaking to watch that separation at the same time. And I'm definitely going to need all the tissues for when the Max go back because, oh, man, I I don't even want to think about it. Like, it's it's breaking my heart just thinking about it. We get glimpses of Brie giving birth and Roger and Jamie are both there for it, which I am also equally excited about. You know, they really hosed us with Jemmy's birth because they thought that it looked better to have Brie as a strong, independent woman when honestly, all we wanted to see was Brie having a good relationship with her father. And so I'm really, really hoping that we get some of those fantastic moments between Brie and Jamie that we also got in Jemmy's birth. Since we didn't see Mandy's birth, In the books, I really feel like that allows for that insertion of some of our favorite lines. 
We see Jamie and Brie with the fireflies, which we got a shot of in the teaser trailer. But we get a couple more glimpses of that scene in this full trailer. It looks so good. Brie's not pregnant anymore, which tells me that this likely happens in 702 after the birth of Mandy because I don't see it happening in 703. I think that that is the house fire and all the plot that kind of drives that forward. I could totally be wrong. Like I said, nothing that I say in this is gospel, okay? This is just my prognostications based off of what I've seen so far. I think that this scene is likely in 702, which is also titled Happiest Place on Earth, which is where they will have this conversation. I'm really excited for that. I hope that we actually get a few really good Jamie and Brie scenes in the first couple episodes of season seven, since we're not likely to get any more scenes between them until the end of the series, which is really sad. We get a gorgeous shot of Roger and Brie sitting on the beach here. And Brie, again, not pregnant. So I'm thinking this is in the lead up right to them going back. She's having a little picnic on the beach. You can see her with a napkin with some sliced apples over there on the side. And they're having this cute little conversation. I love a good Roger and Brie scene, if I'm being honest. A line from that firefly scene that Jamie says is, I worry for you both. And Brie looks at him and says, I guess that's what fathers do. I really do hope that this is a scene we get post Brie meeting William and them kind of getting to talk about that. If they are going to combine scenes, which I think they will because there is so much covered in this season and we've heard that from multiple sources and even Diana has said they crammed a lot in. Um, What they did cover, they covered well, but there's no way to cover it all. So I think we're likely to see a bunch of scenes combined together, but I'm really hoping that that Firefly scene, if they change it, is after Brie meets William and they're talking that Jamie gets to air his concerns about William fighting for the British and Brie talking about William. And that's when Jamie says, I worry for you both. And Brie says, I guess that's what fathers do. And then it pans to Roger and Jamie standing there at the scene where undoubtedly They're getting ready to go back through the stones and they're likely watching Jimmy maybe say goodbye to Claire or something. They just kind of have that look and Jamie has this wistful, proud papa look on his face. So I'm sure it has something to do with his grandbabies if I'm if I had to guess. So now the music swells to this big crescendo as we get the gorgeous fan favorite shot of the flags crossing, I'm guessing, at Saratoga. I absolutely love that, and I am so crazy fond of how they used that image in their key art that we got released along with the trailer. Drums pounding, music swelling, and then it kind of gets a little bit quieter, and we see Claire approaching the house. It's dark. There seems to be some sort of firelight in through the window, and she's looking And then we see her standing in her surgery and a light flashes from the other side in the kitchen. And she turns around and at the same time, we get the get the hell out of my house. Oh, chills, 
chills, guys. And I love that we kind of got a really good, expansive look at what this season is going to entail. And then it rewinds right back to where this season is, in theory, going to begin. I love the book ending of it all. Here, when it pans over to Jamie, who's clearly been roughed up, we see his cut above his eye. He looks horrified at whatever he's staring at. And I'm guessing this is either when he finds out that the bugs have Jocasta's gold in their cabin or when he sees the match being dropped into the ether. Whenever the match drops, that gorgeous shot of it flaring and dropping into the inky blackness and then spreading into flames on the floor. Whew, man. Oh, oh, it's so good. So good. So now we get... A couple of really interesting brief shots. I'm not really sure what to make of any of them, if I'm being honest. So we have Ian shooting a bow and arrow at a red coat. Some people say they think this is William, but I'm watching this in slow motion and I I don't think it's William. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't think it's William. <laughs> I could be wrong, I guess, if, you know, makeup and stuff is making things look weird. I could totally be wrong. Then it pans to this really interesting shot of a bare arm on top of a floral patterned something or other. It really does look like a zipper underneath the hand and some throw pillows. I'm guessing this is a good sexy scene between Roger and Brie in the 20th century would be my guess. This kind of does look like Sophie's arm and hand. Then we get the shot of Jamie taking Claire's stockings off and she's smiling at him from the bed. Oh, that looks like such a good scene. I'm here for it. I think this might actually be the scene where he gives her the gemstone. Maybe after they have sex and they're doing their pillow talk, he gives it to her. Maybe. I don't know. This is going to be interesting because that does kind of look like similar paneling on the bed. If I'm doing my best detective work, Jamie looks like he's wearing the same shirt, but then again, most of his shirts look the same, so that's hard to say. But that could be. And now that I'm looking at this, I think it might be. Jamie with a flaming bow and arrow aiming up at the sky. And I think that this is when he and Ian go on the rescue mission to save Claire from the clutches of the British after their separation at Ticonderoga. I think this further supports my claim that that very first scene that we got of Jamie and Claire is when they separate after Ticonderoga because it looks like Jamie is wearing the same jacket that he was wearing in that scene. I think this is where he like lights fire to that tent to cause the distraction so that Ian can go and pull Claire away. And shortly after this scene is where we get the tug of war between Ian and William. There is our William there in this beautiful shot that we get in battle. Him with his sword doing this slash mark at this rebel. Yes, there he is. That is William. And being able to fully recognize that as William is part of the reason why I really feel like Ian was not shooting the arrow at William because I did not recognize that guy at all. Here we get Claire standing on the gallows in that crazy OMG scene that we got in the teaser trailer. And then quick as a flash, we get who I believe is Brie running through the tunnel at the dam with her hard hat and her jumpsuit on. Very interested to see what this is about. I think 
This might be her running back to the door before they slam it in her face in that quote-unquote prank. And the music comes to its biggest swell with the big goodbye before Saratoga uh, with Jamie and Claire kissing in this epic epic moment. I love his shirt. It really does look like very Daniel Boone-esque, you know, with the fringe and stuff. And I guess that that's good for a marksman. Like it's that tan color. It kind of is going to help them fade into the the foliage a little bit better. This is definitely pre-Saratoga before Jamie goes off to battle. And then it fades into that wonderful cliffhanger moment. He's got blood down his temple running down his face where he's clearly taken a blow to the head of some sort, blood all over his shirt, spattered post-battle. You get a view of a a tricorn, which somebody said they thought alluded to the scene between Jamie and William where he shoots his hat off his head. I'm not sold on that 100%, but it definitely could be for sure. And especially when we're looking at symbolism within the trailer, I totally get that for sure. But leaving the trailer on Jamie laying in limbo on the battlefield is definitely a hell of a way to get people motivated to watch this. (laughs) And, you know, like I said, obviously people are are not thinking that Jamie's going to die, but it's just I loved the bookend of the trailer, to be honest, that that's where it started and that's where it ended as well. It was really good for me. With that, that concludes my thoughts on the season seven official trailer. As I've talked about a little bit within the confines of this episode, we have received tons and tons of promotional material and stills for this season, much more than we would regularly receive And I think that is all chalked up to this fantastic photographer that they had. They did this really cool promotional shoot where they did the poster for the key art. They did the photo shoot. And then they also did the poster extension, which is this video with this really cool slow-mo quality of Jamie and Claire crossing the battlefield toward each other and coming together at the end. But the voiceover of it is this beautiful scene between Jamie and Claire where they're talking about whether Jamie wants to fight in the revolution and what his motivations for that are. And he's saying, you know, I can't fight for an ideal like freedom, but I will fight for our family. And then Claire says, if that's not an ideal, I don't know what is. That was a great scene in the book, and it's really good to know that we're going to get that scene in the show as well. I've seen nothing but good things, if I'm being honest. The one bitch fit that I had was about Ticonderoga, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, I guess I'm willing to let it go for all the wonderful things that I've seen in this trailer and in all the promotional videos. And I'm sure that it's just going to continue because, like I said, We're five weeks out now. By the time I get this out to you guys, we'll likely be four weeks out. And I think we're going to start getting promotional material, new content every single day in the lead up to that. So I'm very excited and I hope that you will join my Patreon for all of my knee-jerk reactions for all of the season seven shows as they come out. I'm going to post those probably within 24 hours of each new episode release. And that is going to be my first time talking to anyone about it when I do those knee-jerk reactions. So I really hope that you'll join me for that. For access to those, you need to join the regulator tier or higher on my Patreon. 
As for my involvement with the basic Sassanac Files page, I'll always share new content as it becomes available via STARS. And there are events within my private group, TSF of Sassanacs, for every episode of the first half of season seven. You can go into those events and discuss to your heart's content about what you saw and what you thought of each episode. And that is also where the script links will go. The trailer links for each episode will go. Any behind the scenes information we get on those episodes released by stars and any interviews by the cast and crew. They'll all be in a neat and tidy little row for you guys in those events, and I hope that you will come and join me for our group. TSF Obsassnacks is a fantastic community, and we really have fun throughout the season chatting about all the new stuff. So make sure to read the rules, agree to follow them, answer all the admission questions, and somebody will get around to approving your membership shortly. So with that, this will be my final recorded podcast before the premiere. Angela and I are doing a Facebook Live on TSF Obsassinax in the coming weeks on May 27th. That's a Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern time to discuss the episode titles and what plot points we think we are going to get in each of the first eight episodes based on all of the promotional material and leaked content that we have seen thus far. So I hope you will join us for that. It's going to be a good time. Until then, you guys stay safe out there and I will chat at you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.